Hi, everyone. Welcome to What's Your Why, a podcast that showcases the greatness of people through their life stories. Each episode will capture insight into the lives of people just like you and I, with the intention to connect, align, and create inspiration for and with our listeners. Stay with us through our What's and Why segment, where we dive into our guest perspective with some thought-provoking questions that just might be right up your alley. I'm your host, Helen Dillon, and thanks for joining us. Now let's get into it. The more you think about what you aren't, the less you are able to be what you are. Hi, everyone. Thanks again for sharing your time with me and for tuning in to this very special surprise episode. When we were offered the opportunity to speak to Allison Sweeney, I will admit that I was floored. I thought, really? It worked? The ask, the reach, the hopes, the want, and the need all came together? Maybe not in a package all wrapped up the way we'd like, but nonetheless, it all came together and she said yes. I learned something the day that I opened the correspondence email from Miss Sweeney's publicist. I learned to have no doubt and that perseverance does prevail. Allison Sweeney started her impressive acting career with a Kodak commercial when she was just four years old. As her story goes, she quickly fell in love with acting and headed down the path of her extensive and diverse career. Allie started out on a little daytime soap called Days of Our Lives when she was just 16 years old, playing the infamous Sammy Brady, the villain of all villains when it came to the soapbox, and one that many of us grew up with. She played the role for an astounding 21 years, and I must say that the character did not rub off on her at all. Allie left Days to host TV's The Biggest Loser, while continuing to direct, produce, and co-create many projects, not to mention all while co-raising a family and finding time for our four-legged friends too. Allie was so kind to give us her time between shooting for days because yes, guess who returned to Salem and promoting her new project, The Chronicle Mysteries, Help to Death, which debuted on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries February 21st. Allie chats with us candidly about her perspective on life, balance, growth, and grounding. So enough of me, and let's get right into it. I bring you the lovely and gracious Allie Sweeney. Welcome to What's Your Why? We're a newish podcast that focuses on guests with interesting stories and life accomplishments. And we have the hope that sharing these will offer our listeners some insight and connection. So given your amazing life story and list of accolades, you fit the bill perfectly. So thank you for being here and spending some time with us today. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So my first question I'm really interested in is, um, of course, has to do with your acting career. And I would like to know if acting is something that you are always drawn to. Yes, I have been acting since I was four years old. And I think it actually all started. My mother, of course, likes to take credit. But I was <laughs> in pre-kindergarten and my teacher was a would-be actress. And she said to my mom in passing that she thought I would be good in auditions, that I wasn't afraid of strangers and I liked to perform and I was outgoing. And so at four years old, my mom just took me out on an audition and it was for a Kodak commercial and I got the job and I loved it. And so I have been doing it ever since. And she was right. I mean, I do like it. I like performing. I like the auditioning process. I I found myself so comfortable on set and I love acting. Ever since I was little, I did a play when I was very young and I would sit there and watch the grownups because, of course, kids don't have very many lines and, mm-hmm. you know, plays. And I would just sit there and watch the grownups rehearse for hours. I mean, this is before, you know, t- phones <laughs> and whatnot, electronics. But I would just sit there and watch the grownups rehearse. I wanted to do it so bad. I loved it. And I've always wanted it in my life. 
a natural, it seems, right? Yeah, thank you. Yes. <laughs> and th- I worked hard. I mean, I did a lot of acting classes and stuff, but it definitely is in my gut. <laughs> Beautiful. How about horses? Has that always been something you're drawn to as well? Horses are the same. Yes, exactly. So my mother also gets to take credit for that. She's been riding horses her whole life. And uh, she put me out on a horse when I was very young. Of course, the story is uh, we were on a trail ride and the horse's name was Lightning. Mm -hmm. And it lived up to its um, reputation and took off. And I laughed and loved it and had a great time. And I've been wanting to ride ever since. So it's been a big part of my life. Since I was little, I did have an allergy problem when I was a kid and they didn't have the best allergy medicine. So I took a break when I was like sort of 10, 11, 12, you know, and and came back to it like 12 years old. And I just was willing to put up with it. I didn't care. And <laughs> I I just love I love horses. I love riding. And now my daughter rides. And it's just oh, amazing. A family tradition. That's amazing. So does it fit into your life as part of sort of your health and wellness plan? Or is it something that you keep really separate from everything else? It is my mental wellness plan, for sure. And it is part of my family and that like, I get to spend time with my mom when I go and ride. And definitely, obviously, I think it's great, probably like golf, right? Like you get to be outside and you're not looking at an electronic and more like the mental health aspect is just that when what I love the most about, I mean, other than the horses and Mm -hmm. the fun of the riding, I think it's good for you because no matter what your problems are, no matter what you're thinking about, as you walk out to the ring, the moment you pick up the trot, like you you have to pay attention Mm -hmm. to what's actually happening right now. You have to live in that moment so sincerely. And if you don't, the horse is going to tell on you. I mean, you'll end up in the dirt. And so I think there's something so great and healthy and, centering about that, that it is wonderful. I wish it burned more calories, <laughs> but it, it is a workout. I, I definitely agree with that, but I supplement it with good cardio too. Well, that's a good idea. And isn't it nice that the horse just doesn't care? The horse never yeah. cares that you had a bad day or that you did this or made this mistake or that you have a million things on your mind. It's just asking you to be right there and present in the now. Yeah. And, and the communication with your horse and how they're feeling on that day yeah. is just the most important part. And it's just the best feeling. You have a good jump, you have a good moment, you have that connection for an hour and it makes the rest of my day better. Yeah, that's good to hear. I would love to ask a couple of questions just about your identity a little bit. Obviously, in doing my research, you've been in the business for a really long time. I mean, you practically spent your whole life on camera in the business on camera right and you've played many different roles so i'd love to know how do you stay true to yourself and maintain your own identity well first of all it starts when i was a kid i have great parents and great brothers and i grew up with a lot of structure and definitely an old-fashioned style of parenting where my parents were you know tough and strict Mm -hmm. and they had discipline and they had rules and i had good manners (laughs) and none of that went away because I was working. And unfortunately, I I see it handled a lot differently these days when I'm working with kids today. Mm -hmm. But in general, my experience as a kid was if I misbehaved or if I didn't do what was expected of me from my parents, my punishment was that I wasn't allowed to work. (gasps) It was a treat, a special privilege that I earned to get to go on auditions and get to do the movies and TV shows. And if I misbehaved or was a brat, or in any way talked back to anyone at any point ever, 
Uh, she yanked me off that set so fast, as you say, and make your head spin. <laughs> and so I think that was like a great grounding force for me as a kid. And my parents still are wonderful influences and wonderful role models for me and for my brothers. And now, of course, my husband and my kids, my kids are are the same. My husband does not work in entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And I feel that's really healthy for me and for us. Uh, it's so great and grounding to come home and say like, oh, I got to meet this person or I was a guest on this show today. And inevitably, I would say, you know, 98% of the time, Dave says, who's that? Like, great, honey, <laughs> but like, I have no idea who you're yeah. talking about. And, and it just is a really great uh, grounding thing that we don't talk about Hollywood. We don't talk about TV in that way or mm-hmm. my career in that way. It's just like a job like anyone else's. And we treat it that way. Yeah, yeah. Our last guest, funnily enough, quoted Roosevelt by saying, comparison is the thief of joy. And I'm curious, in an industry that seems to have a little bit of a stigma of comparison, especially for women, um, do you think that statement's true? Yes. And how do you power through that? Boy, isn't that a great, really relevant quote that is still rings mm-hmm. true today? Yeah. It's maybe more now than ever. Part of what I dealt with growing up on TV is very different from being an adult now, you know, in my 40s. I wish I had the confidence that I have now to sort of not care and and let it go. I think also a lot of people are feeling that way because of the lockdown and the pandemic and everything. You do sort of get that sense of like, I'm wearing my pajamas in the Zoom, like that's it, that's (laughs) That's how it's happening, you know? And I just wish I had had those feelings or that confidence from inside as a kid because I definitely didn't. And it was hard. It's hard to be on TV as a kid going through puberty, going through those embarrassing kid moments and uh, not comparing yourself. Of course, my body does not look like the majority of actresses that I compete with for any job ever. And that's really hard. And and certainly in the equestrian world where Mm -hmm. our clothes are so fitted and those pants especially before they came up with the european seat i mean like i look back on that like why did that take so long honestly why did it happen that way (laughs) and before we had zippers in the back of our boots oh yeah i mean like people like three girls you know you got your torture someone else's butt and like three people are helping you pull it off i mean (laughs) right the charlie horses we all went through (laughs) and those clothes are fitted and Mm. and people always say especially in equitation you know they're looking at that and judging how you look on the horse so it's hard not to compare it really is and especially I think when you're younger uh, that is something that you just come to terms with as you grow older I I wish I had better advice for younger people I, I don't know except for to say what my mother said to me which is just everyone has their own skill set everyone has something that they contribute that's different and beautiful and The more you think about what you aren't, the less you are able to be what you are. Mm. And if you really just took your time to like celebrate who you are and be the best you you can be, that's what people want. That's what will make you happy, happiest. It's hard to make young people feel that, right? We all just want them to know it right away. And it's so hard to make them feel that. But maybe that's okay. I mean, maybe that's part of growing up. Maybe you need to feel that way yeah. to get to the other side of it. I, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. know that I'm so <laughs> I'm so happy now and proud and, and celebrate what I can do and what I'm capable of. And sure, like, would I rather fit into those other britches like she does? Of course. <laughs> but like, I'll take it all day and my experience, and my journey and yeah, uh, enjoy it. Good for you. 
God, you seem so grounded. <laughs> and you're so <laughs> confident in your identity. I'm a little bit jealous. I got a, I got a fangirling right now. Oh, you're so sweet. Are those characteristics, because clearly you are grounded and you have such confidence, like you're exuding confidence and well-deserved, but are those characteristics that you had to address early on and did they need practice or is it just... That's such a great question because I think it does need practice. Absolutely. It's funny because I don't perceive myself that way. You say confidence. I sort of say like resigned to who I am. Like, <laughs> well, I did the best I could and this is what I got. So I'm going with it. So uh, yes, my sort of big turning point was when I was a teenager, I really struggled with my weight. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I still struggle with my weight. It's just that then it was maybe a little more obvious. And then, uh, you know, being a teenager on a soap opera, I was on TV almost every day. And back then, though, of course, now social media, I'm sure is just as brutal. But back then, like people would actually mail in nasty things, like they would spend money on the stamp. And like find out the studio's address and like put pen to paper and like stuff in an envelope and mail it to you at like nasty things about how you look. You're like, wow, that's real commitment. That's wasted time. Yeah. But at the time, of course, especially when I first started, I would read those letters and they would crush me and Mm. I would cry in my room by myself. And luckily now looking back on it, I can't really remember. There's one horrible hate letter I received once when I was like 16, 17, that I can still picture in my mind. But for the most part, they've all blurred together. But at the time, I mean, they were so, they just stood out to you. And then of course, you could receive like 100 complimentary letters. Mm -hmm. And one nasty one is the only one you remember. And since then, of course, now I listen to podcasts and psychologists talk about like, that's just human nature. That's not your fault. And in fact, I spoke to a sports psychologist once, And when you come to terms with like, that's just how the brain functions. That's not you torturing yourself. Mm -hmm. There's something so cathartic about it, maybe. Yes. (laughs) It really helped me release that. Like I thought I was mean to myself. And and the same thing is true. Actually, I'm sorry. I feel I'm jumping all around here. No, no. (laughs) Also, in my journey to weight loss, I learned from Jillian Michaels. I would always have this craving very late at night for sweets. And... And I still do. And it's just one of those things where it's like 11 o'clock at night. And you're like, why am I doing this? Like, I feel like I have no self will mm-hmm. uh, or willpower. And I feel like I'm just torturing myself. And that's horrible. And Jillian explained to me and to America that it's actually your body and it, your brain needs sugar to stay awake. And so it actually, you're sort of just misinterpreting the signal, which is I'm tired. Mm. Your brain is saying, listen, either go to sleep right now. Or if you're going to stay awake, we're going to need some sugar to like keep this tool going here. Ah. That was the most beautiful thing to explain to me because then I realized I wasn't a horrible person. I wasn't, I didn't have no willpower or self-control. It was actually that I was misinterpreting a signal from my brain to my body. And once I realized that, first of all, it helped a lot. Like, oh, go to sleep. You're actually (laughs) tired. And or secondly, like, well, who cares? I I want the cookie and then I'm going to go to sleep. Yep. (laughs) I realized I wasn't my own worst enemy, Yeah, if that makes sense. And there's something so healthy about that. And in in the same way, I feel, you know, when you recognize these things that are like things we all have in common, things that are just human nature, instead of criticizing yourself for it and that self-loathing that comes from resenting all these things about you, it's like, no, that's actually normal. And that's just how the brain works. And the sports psychologist said to me, like, so great if you could just step back from it and say like, isn't that interesting? Interesting how the brain does that. So the horse comparison was that 
I said, sometimes I have these crazy thoughts, like right as I'm approaching an oxer, like three or four strides out, I think to myself, like, what if I crash through it? Like, what if I fall? What if he trips? What if I am wrong? Like, whatever. I start having these weird thoughts. And he was like, so that's actually totally normal. Maybe not all the time, but like, <laughs> you know, that happens. And really the way to beat it is to step back from it and say like, that's a very strange thought. And I'm going to put that over here for right now because I have to focus on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then later you think back on like, what is it that my brain is trying to do that, you know, whatever, you can like analyze it later. Mm -hmm. And somehow giving yourself that permission takes the pressure out of the moment. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. It's all, a lot of it's about permission, right? Just give yourself yes. permission and it feels okay. It just feels better to you for sure. Can I talk about your career a little bit? Yeah. I know that you are very diverse in what you do now in comparison to how you first started out. So what made you decide to diversify and dive into so many layers of your industry? Was it more of a thirst for knowledge or creative ambition or just sort of honing in on your craft? Well, I guess in general, I see myself as a storyteller. I love how stories affect the audience. I feel I am a fan. Uh, there's so many shows I'm sure we could share in common that I love. And I love being an audience member. I love how shows make me feel. I love when shows make me cry yeah. or laugh or fall in love or whatever. And and I love that roller coaster. I love being along for the ride as, a, as an audience. So I work really hard to create that feeling for my audience. Mm -hmm. So I started that as an actor for many years was so busy and happy and, and I enjoyed it so much. But somewhere along the line, I think in the middle of working at Days of Our Lives, actually, I sort of had creative differences with one of the head writers of the show many, many years ago. Okay. And I remember sitting there in the scene thinking to myself, this is really not how I would write it. I wish it had gone differently. And, that, and I just couldn't get that feeling out of my mind. And I got kind of really preoccupied with it. And I went home that night and wrote just on my computer for myself how I would have finished that scene. Like, mm -hmm. what would I have done with this storyline? And from there, it spiraled into this whole idea I had of what would have then happened. And it was sort of like my own, you know, fan fiction of my characters. But then I turned it into something else. I, I really enjoyed the process. And so I decided to write my own novel. And I ended up writing three of them. And I just had so much fun with the process, you know, just really enjoying the idea of creating my own characters and having them behave exactly well you think it's going to be exactly how you want them to but in the end that's not really how it works out like mm -hmm. a couple of times you can set up circumstances but in the end they are them themselves and you have to write how they would behave but it was really such a wonderful journey and then from there I got into producing a little bit and then I read other people's fiction and wanted to develop it for movies for Hallmark and it just sort of all, I wouldn't say I sought it out. I, I guess I did. I mean, somewhere deep inside, it is what I've always wanted to do. But I think opportunities find their way into your lap and I leap at it. I, mm -hmm. I am someone who very much, I don't like to turn down opportunities or I, I am a risk taker in that way. Where does your energy come from? <laughs> well, I heard someone say to me once, if you want something done, ask someone who's busy. Oh, yeah. And it's really true that like, for example, you know, in the last year when I wasn't allowed to work, I, I'm, as it turns out, very good at sitting there and doing literally nothing all day. <laughs> right. I do sort of loathe myself for it. Like that is not, I don't enjoy that. And it really starts to weigh on me. 
I did manage to work my way through most of Netflix, but I, but I don't <laughs> like that. But when I do get busy again, like all of a sudden when I was getting ready to do the movie, like then all of a sudden I'm running errands and I'm like, you know, uh, able to pick up everyone's dry cleaning. And like the second I get up and actually have something to do, I find myself with like 15 things to do. Yeah. And I guess maybe that's just my nature, but also maybe an example from my parents who are both very active, busy people. I like to be busy. I like to be productive. It makes me feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. It seems like it's like a dream and then do. Yeah. If you dream it, then just do it. I think so. I think that, what do they call that? The secret or whatever. I really (laughs) put it out there and believe that you can do it. You can make it happen. You find the way it just, once you start believing in it and making steps forward, Mm -hmm. uh, the next step becomes easier and it falls into place. Mm-hmm. It does feel like maybe I I would never have guessed. I mean, if you had asked me when I was like 18, 19, 20, even 25, do you think you'll be producing movies? I don't know that I would have said that, oh, yeah, for sure, that's going to happen. But I always wanted it to happen. And any opportunity that came my way, I willed it happen. I, I wanted to direct. I've known that I wanted to be a director since I was little. And I always used to watch like the grown ups direct when I was on set when I was a kid. And so when I worked at Days of Our Lives, I would shadowed the directors all the time and like a student I would sit there and look at their scripts and take notes and watch them in the booth at first it wasn't allow you know they had to let me in and do it and then they started to really trust me because they knew I wasn't revealing secrets and I was really learning and I was taking it really seriously and there was definitely a hill to climb to get my opportunity to direct for the first time Mm -hmm. but I just didn't take no for an answer I I didn't give up I just was willing to do the work and I heard I can't tell you how many excuses for why I shouldn't be allowed to direct and I just never I never took no like oh okay you mean no right now like not today okay but like I'm gonna ask again next week (laughs) you know and and I did and I every hoop they asked me to jump through I jumped through until the opportunity presented itself and I jumped it like the tiniest little window that they gave me and I did it and I did everything they asked until finally I got the opportunity. And then now I'm, you know, a member of the DGA. I, I'm a director. I've directed at Days of Our Lives. I've directed at General Hospital. I've directed some independent stuff mm-hmm. and I'm always waiting for the next opportunity, but I'm very much willing to do the work. Well, that's key. Yeah. I would never want anyone to say like, you know, and as a producer, I am not a producer. I'm not an actor who wanted like a credit. I, I in fact, I'd rather not like just let just let me be in charge of everything. <laughs> Give the credit to whoever you want. I, I want to actually do the work. Yeah, yeah. Your life appears to be very full, but also cohesive and inclusive and with the right pieces. Most importantly, family. I know that you have two kids, and obviously, you have a long time marriage. How do you maintain that balance of inclusiveness, especially when you're working or maybe you're away on set? It's a juggling act. Yeah. It's hard. And I think about it all the time. And when I'm away from my kids, it's really hard. I have definitely had moments of serious doubt about my life choices when I'm sitting alone in a hotel room wishing I was with my kids or something's wrong with my kid and I can't be there to give them a hug when they were younger, especially like that's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I talked to my husband a lot. He and I are both really honest with each other about the choices we've made and where we find ourselves. And I find him an eternal resource for support and love and, and assistance. And he's always been there for me. So, you know, in the same way that I am there for him with, with his difficult job and I try to just be really supportive and understanding and 
a helpmate in every, any way I can be, he's the same for me. And uh, our jobs are sort of crazy and weird and uh, different and, than maybe the norm. But I guess also we were both doing our jobs before we got married. So we committed to our relationship knowing what we were getting ourselves into. Right, right. And I think that helps a lot. And then he's a really confident person also. In fact, it's nice to hear you say that. Thank you. But I have always admired my husband for his confidence and straightforward nature. And so we just say it like, I hate being here. I'm scared. I don't, I want to come home, you know, or, or what do you think? Or do you think the kids hate me or whatever, you know, like <laughs> you just have to say the scary things out loud. And then the other person says like, do you hear yourself? That's not at all how anyone feels like that's not at all it. And, and I mean, the other thing I would say about the juggling act with the kids is obviously now we're all learning how useful it is to have this technology. I mean, it makes you feel oh, yeah. so much more at home, but for me, especially filming on location before 2020, I would come home every weekend. Uh, I would talk to them at night. And, and then when I was sort of stuck up there and I couldn't leave, I just had my phone on and the camera available. And, you know, I talked and my daughter, it's so fun. I really realized so many things I admire about my kids, but I love about Megan that she's not afraid to ask for what she needs. So if she needed to talk to me, she would FaceTime me. And at one point, Dave finally said, like, how come you never FaceTime me? And I, I, I said, I, I don't really FaceTime her. She calls me all the time just to say hi, just to ask me what she should do for lunch. She would call me with the FaceTime on mm-hmm. and like show me what was in the refrigerator, make it seem like I was making her lunch. <laughs> and it was just, I thought so clever because like she was really satisfying what she needed in that moment yeah. without really thinking about it. She just knew she could reach out to me anytime. And so she did. It's amazing with kids when you see, I mean, I've watched um, a few of your Alley Eats and your Wine Wednesdays, and she's amazing. She's a force. I mean, Megan, when she's on there with you, I'm like, wow, she's just not afraid of anything. She's just going to say it and do it and feel it and all those things. It's awesome. She is. It's awesome. So do you have a philosophy that helps you manage your lifestyle at all? It depends. You know, I have lots of different ideas or uh, mottos or whatever for different situations, but like for the whole of the lifestyle, I guess I would say that I try to say yes to opportunity when it becomes available, even if it's hard. I try not to let fear make decisions for me. Mm-hmm. You know what? I guess maybe a philosophy would be that I try to enjoy and try my hardest at the thing I am doing right in that moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try not to spend a lot of time in regret or wishing I was somewhere else. So look, like I committed to being on this movie in Vancouver and I'm going to be away for three weeks. And like, that's it. I can't, if I spend the whole time feeling bad about it, that doesn't make it better for anyone else. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't change the circumstances I'm in. So I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to be the best actress, the best producer, the best co-star, whatever the circumstances are. I'm going to do the best I can at what I've committed to doing right now. And then when I go home, I'm going to be the best mom I can be in that moment with them. What makes you stressed and how do you de-stress? Uh, I hate being late. I try really hard not to be late, and that stresses me out. Somebody after my own heart, that's music to my ears right there. (laughs) Yeah. I like to be organized, Mm -hmm. and I guess that's part of what makes me a good producer. I I, No detail is too small. I do sweat the small stuff, and what drives me bananas is if I had known about it, I could have done something, but I somehow, for whatever reason, didn't know or wasn't brought into that conversation in time. And those are the things that 
torture me that keep me up at night. Yeah. I say at the beginning of every production meeting, like, I'm not kidding. There is no question too small. I, I am happy to have any question with any person on the crew. If you have an idea or you have a problem, please tell me with enough time yeah. that I can do something about it. How do I de-stress? I love to work out. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds weird. And I didn't used to. And sometimes I don't, you know, there are some days where I'm like, I just sit there all day staring. I have a stationary bike. I'm so lucky. I got it before 2020. I I had had it for a while and I had a whole talk with myself about getting it. Like, I do not want it to be where I keep dirty clothes. Yeah. And I thought to myself, like, am I really going to use this thing? And I said, if I'm going to buy it, I'm really going to use it and I'm going to use it to motivate me. And it does. I sometimes have to, it takes a while, but I put the workout clothes on and I might be lazy for a couple hours if I have the time to be lazy, but it does get me to work out a lot more than I would have without it. And so I'm really happy with that decision, but it's also gotten me to the place where I actually enjoy it. I like working out because I know that it's physically releasing stress, but it's also emotionally, mentally making me feel better about myself. I like Mm -hmm. how I feel afterwards when I'm tired and sweaty. I'm proud of myself for having done it. And that's just such a great feeling. So I I really enjoy that. I got to jump on the bandwagon. I got to give it a whirl. And honestly, the thing is, and my advice about that would be every little step you take, even if it's a stretch Mm -hmm. or a couple sit-ups, or, you know, get one of those apps where you do like five minute abs or whatever. The biggest mistake I used to make was thinking, oh, I can't make it to that 45 minute spin class or, you know, I'm not going to do, I don't have time for a whole workout. So I'm going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be one or the other. There's so much in between and all of that in between is better than nothing. Yeah. So taking it, you know, deep breaths, going on a walk at lunch, like doing some abs, stretching a little bit, all of that is better than nothing. And it helps me a lot. Yeah, no, that's great advice for me, for sure. How do you inspire others to be the best version of themselves? Inspiring others to me is about helping them see themselves in that situation, like seeing what they want. I think when you're looking towards a goal, if you look at where you are now and you look at the end goal, that can seem so daunting and intimidating. And it does sometimes make you not even want to try. But if you see the goal and then lay out the steps that get you there, it's not about getting to Z. It's about getting from A to B. Like, just do B. Mm -hmm. Don't think about Z. Z is like, you know, a long time from now. Think about where you are right now and like the one little thing that gets you better than yesterday. Whatever you want to do with your life. Like, okay, well, what can you do about it right now? Yeah. But like taking one little step, it's not about the end where you see how it all works out. It's about what are the tiny little steps that get me there and doing one of them right now. And uh, I think that's inspiring to people because it makes it so much more relatable. You're not trying to big picture them. You're trying to like bring it down to the really possible. And I think that's way more inspiring than the far off dream. A thousand percent and well said. Thank you. And now we've come to what some would call the very best part of the show. Our segment appropriately named What's and Why's. It's where we get to ask our guests some questions that inquiring minds want to know. So without further ado, I bring you the what's and why's for your listening pleasure. Who do you look up to and why? I look up to my mom because she's a badass. (laughs) In her late 70s, she still gets out to the barn every day and rides her horse and impresses everyone with her perfect distances. And I love her energy and her spirit and 
her no nonsense. She like doesn't put up with what from anyone. And I hope that I can be like her someday. Oh, that's nice. What's something that brings you joy and why? My kids bring me joy just because of who they are as people. I love it. I love listening to them laugh in the other room. My daughter has the most hilarious laugh and it just makes me just feel so warm inside. And my son has just the best smile and, and they bring me joy just by existing. Yeah. When you look back through your life, what decision brings you the most happiness and why? Wow. That like, that's right. Serious. These are serious big questions. <laughs> These are serious. Oh <laughs> when I look back on my whole life, the best decision I made was marrying my husband, Dave, mm-hmm. because he brings me lots of happiness. And he also brought me my two children, which bring me eternal, incredible happiness. So I guess he gets the credit for that, too. Oh, that's good. <laughs> What's something that you feel people get wrong about you and why? Well, I have a cheat answer for this. Okay, which is I played a villain on Days of Our Lives for many years. My character, Sammy, was definitely a brat. Mm -hmm. And I have many, many times come across people who are automatically inclined to dislike me. And sometimes they don't tell me that they watch the show. Sometimes they're just like not nice to me. And I find myself like, did I say something? You know, I sit there (laughs) and I think about it for a while. And sometimes they get annoyed. And I'm like, oh, well, all right, what am I gonna do? They don't like me. One woman in particular, I remember a flight attendant on a plane was like determined not to like me. And I, for some reason, I was like, well, I'm stuck on this flight. I'm going to win her over. It's the last thing I do. I'm going to make this woman like me. I don't know what I did, but it's going to happen. And so I killed her with kindness the entire flight. And at the very end, she said, you know, I really didn't realize you were going to be so different from your character. And I I laughed afterwards because I thought like, ah. I, I should have known, like, how could I, how could I yep. miss it? But I, I do get that a lot. Like a lot of people think I'm going to be nasty. Like you have a pseudo identity you walk around yeah, with. Yeah, like Sammy. And yeah. oh, little do they know how right they are. <laughs> Just kidding. Who would you like to hear next on What's Your Why as a guest and why? Oh, you know who has an amazing story and I just can't get enough of is I, I wish I knew her better, but Jewel, she's so talented and she has the most incredible story about, I mean, at one point she was homeless living in her car. She's from, uh, she's from Alaska, Alaska. That's right. Alaska. Yeah. And I happened to like have a odd intersection with her that we were both on one of those, you know, there's so many talk shows that come and go over the years that are like only on for one season. And so I don't even remember what it was, but she and I crossed paths when she was first starting, Mm -hmm. she must've been, 17, you know, whatever, however old she was when she finally had that first album. And I don't think she had made it big yet because she was on this tiny little show that I was doing, you know, like as a soap opera actress. And and I I got to hear her play her song uh, at the, like before anyone had heard of her. And now she's Jewel. And I mean, she's just such an incredible songwriter and poet and singer. And I feel like I would love to hear her answers to these questions. Amazing. I have an interesting intersection with her as well. She played at the Washington International Horse Show a few years ago, believe it or not. And yeah, and I was there uh, as like a director of awards and sort of helping doing a few things. And uh, we set her all up on stage and things like that. She was she was very kind and somebody that I would actually be interested in speaking to. So that's a, a good recommendation. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Allie, I can't thank you enough for being here. Thank you so much for your time and energy and effort. I can't thank you enough. It really is. uh, It's a pleasure meeting you. And we're so excited with everything that you have on the horizon. I'm so excited to tune into it all. And thank 
and uh, keep watching your Instagram and all of the things you're doing. It's uh, they're amazing. Thank you. Thank you for for sharing yourself with us today. Such a pleasure. I enjoyed our chat. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this episode of What's Your Why? Our listeners, guests, and our sponsors, too. It's our hope that you enjoyed your time with us and possibly gained some new perspective as well. It's said that we can learn something new every day if we just listen, and that knowledge has a beginning, but no end. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe, be well, and remember, always leave people better than you found them. A Twisted Spur Media Production.